Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's films are Sorority House Massacre and House on Sorority Row. Seems like a place to avoid. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Oh, by the way, Doug, I meant to, I meant to, uh, it wasn't quite worthy of an entire piece of feedback, but I meant to mention to you, a few episodes back, you were talking about how you liked, uh, Talking about Waffle Houses for some reason on a movie podcast. I don't remember yeah. why. Um, <laughs> kind of shit but, happens around here. Uh, but uh, you were talking about how you like greasy food and the stuff where everything is touching each other. Uh, if you ever do wander back in the United States, uh, in Rochester, New York, where I grew up, uh, there is a place called Nick Tahoe's that has uh, something called the garbage plate, which is exactly like that is a description of a garbage plate. Greasy stuff all touching each other. So check it out. Well, I can tell you that if I do come back to the States, I will not be going to Crapchester, so it's not an issue. (laughs) Shots fired. Hey, I don't live there anymore. (laughs) Where are you going to go, Doug, so we can have somebody waiting for you? (laughs) I don't know. Let's just give his description of the border guards. We'll see, because it's going to be a while before I venture down that way anytime soon. Can't imagine why. Really? can't <laughs> i don't have even, much of an imagination even when you get past this whole covid thing you're still a country with 75 million people that voted for trump and i'm not great at keeping my mouth shut <laughs> so well as long as you stay like near the border up where you're at you'll be okay like just don't go a few hundred miles south then you're in trouble so i just cross into detroit and keep driving until they actually start you're okay uh, in the north. The votes count, and then that's the north <laughs> and the west, you'll be okay. Like if you go right. to California, that's fine. You'll be okay in like the northeast, and yeah, yeah. Is the whole <sighs> middle of the country you got to look out for? Because that's where like those movies, like Children of the Corner, set. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll just stay. All twenty of them. <laughs> did, they, did they get up to like seven of those? Seven. There's <laughs> nine Children seven. of the Corn movies. Are there really? God. I believe so, including that's, like a remake, which is a lot of a remake. Well, I think they just did a second remake. So yeah, oh, that might be the tenth one then. I don't know. I've seen them all once. I have and, not, and don't. By the way, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I saw the original, yeah. and I think I saw a sequel, and I saw a remake with what's her face from Cloverfield. Um, I don't think I've seen any others. Yeah, I'm counting. Most of them aren't good. There's I believe you. There's the first one's decent, I think. It holds up all right. And then there's like, I think it's like part three or something where they just 
retell the story, but now they're in the city. Oh, good God. Are they coming out with another one this year? I think they are. There's a 2020 Children of the Corn. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know who asked for that. It wasn't me. Nobody asked for that. The thing is, it's the original story is interesting. You could do a remake oh. and do it well if you wanted to. But the looks original like only, looks awesome. like there's only eight of them, which I'm surprised it's actually that low. Is it only eight? That's all I'm counting. Huh. Maybe there's like <laughs> an official sequel. Because there's three of them with the same name, of course. <laughs> the 1984, the 2009 remake, and then the 2020 remake. Then two, three, four, five, six. That's all I'm seeing. Nope, seven. So, let's so I was this. right. There's nine of them. Oh, uh, there's nine of them. Okay. Nope, ten. Eleven. <laughs> I'm catching Are up. Are they like multiplying while you're trying to add them all? <laughs> they're just they're making more. <laughs> ah, there's another one. <laughs> Twelve, I think. Jesus. God. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Let me recount. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Uh, I'm, I'm filing an injunction so you can't recount. 10, <laughs> 11. All right, 11. That's way okay. too many damn movies. <laughs> I agree. While well, I was waiting for this uh, this call to start, are you guys a fan of Tremors? Uh, no. No? <laughs> of course we are. Okay, because I was just reading up. I just pre-ordered the uh, the Arrow 4K that's coming out next month. And I was reading up on that thing. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm still that's bummed we didn't get the uh, we didn't get the Kevin Bacon TV series. Yeah, that is unfortunate. I can't comprehend how that didn't get made. That dumb dumb people worried about money rather than cool content. <laughs> that's how it happened. That's how a lot of stuff in in Hollywood happens. Yeah. yeah. But they're not good at it. I know. I it's it's. I don't understand how the whole system continues to sustain itself. Because it like doesn't. It really doesn't. It's like <laughs> well, it might be in the end right now. Yeah. With yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, so I know. Uh, I I don't know exactly. Like, I know you guys usually have a little pre-roll here. Have you started recording already, Brian? Oh yeah. I th- I figured as much. He he doesn't let us know. You just you have to start right from the start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just have to hope you didn't say something offensive, and then if you did, you have to tell me afterwards so I could take it out. I usually stand by my remarks, <laughs> offensive or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were talking about sustaining money model in horror films. Um, and somehow I'm going to segue this into Roger Corman, who produced at least one of these movies. Did he? Okay. Um, Hopefully it's a good one. I don't think it is. There, there was a good one? I, th- I liked one of these movies. Mm, interesting. Actually, I didn't hate it at all. Oh, I hated well, one of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, let's jump into the one I, I'm pretty sure Should Doug we- hated. Should we maybe, before we get started, inform the listeners who's on the show this week and oh, we where our regular co-host is? Oh, I have a name. Yeah. I don't want to be like overly organized here, but people may yeah. have questions about the fact that Noah's not oh, around. You're right. You're right. 
I'm uh, Noah. I have a really bad cold. So, Noah, if you remember a couple weeks ago, Noah was coughing a lot on the show. And I think we made a joke that he probably had Corona and then laughed it off. Uh, uh, turns out <laughs> that may have been correct. Because <laughs> yeah. he now definitely has Corona. And he is sitting on a sick bed coughing for the past like three years. Are you serious? Is that actually what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So. Yeah. So. Remember so they were it. desperate and had to bring me in. This is this is Eric <laughs> uh, of, of Dark Discussions. Uh, you may have heard my voice on this podcast before because I send in uh, audio feedback sometimes. But now. The only feedback we get. I, now I'm here to partake in the show. I really yeah. hope you send in feedback to this week's show, and I hope you don't like it. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Get Noah back, man. That other guy sucks. <laughs> he, he ends up disagreeing with himself over something he calls in about. It doesn't seem far-fetched to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Noah's got the Rona. We, we made sure to ask him if we could talk about it on the show. Well, I think um, it's... Uh, it's one of those things where I actually think it's important for people who have it to let everyone know so that people understand it's impacting actual human beings for real. Yeah. Yes, it is actually real and not a. Yeah. Noah's been off the show for two weeks and Doug's never been happier. <laughs> uh, just to be clear, I, I mean, Doug can be abrasive sometimes. But I'm sure he's only happy that Noah's not on the show. He's not actually happy that he got coronavirus. All right, we can go with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, Noah was supposed to go on his honeymoon, which then got canceled because everything was starting to shut down. And it turned out it was good because he ended up being sick. So, what God did he anger? He would have been like a super spreader if he'd actually gone on a honeymoon. Eh? Originally, he was supposed to be on a cruise. Imagine if he was the guy that got on oh a cruise and spread the virus to yeah. everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Well, the cruise got canceled a long time ago, but yeah. they were going to go do something like in state. And that got shut down. And then Noah got shut down. So <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah. So it went from, oh, I don't really know anybody who has Corona to knowing like at least four people in the past two weeks that have gotten it. So I know somebody who had, who's gotten it twice this year. How's Oof. that shitty luck? Doesn't sound good at all. So like they probably thought they were immune the second time too. No, actually the second time they got infected because their roommate's friend uh, came over without a mask coughing and lied about not having it. Yeah, it's a situation. People like are whole, angry. That's yeah. like a whole thing where that's probably technically a crime. <laughs> it might, it might be, it might be. Yeah. Sue that son of a bitch. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's what makes me glad I haven't had roommates in like fifteen years. <laughs> it's been longer for me. Man, I live by myself and I love it. What about you, Doug? Do you live by yourself? I have a, well, I have kick, a child. Kick Lando out. Just. Kick him out on his ass. Yeah. My goal is just to keep the neighbor's kids out of my house when my kid's not here because they still want to come over and play with his toys. And I'm like, no, you can't, oh. you can't come over when he's well, not here. At least feel good about the fact you got him good toys because they wouldn't want the toys if they sucked. Well, I don't know if you know much about kids, but they just want the other kids' toys no matter what. 
Oh, well, that's true. That's how that works. They just. Oh, and I, I don't know enough. I don't know about kids, and I'm fine with that. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got nieces and nephews, which is the best job, because you just spoil the shit out of them, and then you're like, "All right, well, I'm going home," and then <laughs> their parents have to deal with them after that. But all my nieces and nephews grew up, so. You don't have a niece that comes over and you show her scary movies just to piss off her. Yeah, but she's like twelve now, so I don't think she's gonna oh. be coming around much anymore. Oh. So I have to buy her horror movie T shirts to send home with her to piss off her parents. <laughs> uh, um we should send her home with a house on sorority road t shirt. There so. you go. There's the segue. Yeah, see how that worked? Not bad. Not bad Scantily at all. Scantily clad woman on the front. I'm sure her parents won't mind. Uh, that probably won't. Um, well, my assumption is this is the one Doug actually somewhat enjoyed. Um, maybe I'll be wrong, but uh, do you want to you want to tell everybody about House on Sorority Road, Doug? Uh, yeah, it's a slasher movie. It takes place in a sorority house. Is that enough, or do we do we need a lot more detail? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. It, it, the movie opens, it's 1961, and a woman is giving birth, and it appears to be quite painful, but like more so than just normal. Uh, cut forward 20 years, that woman is now the like house mother to a sorority in the same house where she was giving birth, which is sort of weird, but um, <laughs> she's really mean to the girls, and then she uh, is trying to make them not have a party, so they pull a prank on her, and they kill her and then somebody starts killing them and then it's a slasher movie and big twist at the, do we do we walk through the twist at the end or do we want to wait for that later discussion or the twist is basically that the child she gave birth to had something wrong with it due to like genetic stuff that they did to her to help her get pregnant and he's the one doing the killing because he saw his mom killed so we this whole time thought she didn't really have a baby but it turns out she did which is pretty obvious, because why else would they have had that scene in the beginning? <laughs> you paid way more attention than I did. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be thought, honest. I, I just thought I, she had a kid, and then the kid I, killed people. But. Well, here's the thing. They try and make you think that, that the child was dead on birth. Yeah. Um, but there's, they're tricky enough, to Because I actually, I actually went back and just watched that scene again after I was done with the movie, and they don't actually say that he was dead. He just says, I'm sorry. Yeah. Which it turns out is, I'm sorry, this kid's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. Child is horribly mutated. But, you know, like, it... Do they I make guess a green card if... for that? <laughs> oh, <I'm> probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, your child is horribly mutated. See, the thing about slasher movies is that it's like, I don't know if... Like, I don't know if that was really obvious when this movie came out in, like, 1982. Right. Or, like, is that just obvious because I've seen a thousand slasher movies? I think it's the latter. Because, um, yeah. honestly, the way they put it forth, they were pretty they were pretty tricky about it. Because um, not only did they have that scene, which was a little misleading, but then later you have the doctor looking at x-rays in his office talking about Slater. So you think he's talking about Mrs. Slater, but he's not. He's talking about the son. Yeah. Well, even then, at one point, he tells the 
the I think the doctor tells the girls that it's basically that she celebrates her kid's birthday even though he's not there and the mm-hmm. implication being that the child was never born but really right. it's just that he's not actually in the house when she celebrates his birthday <laughs> so it's kind of it's all it's I think it's done well I think it's just obvious because if you see enough movies they, they all kind of end up being the same yeah I, I I figured it out way too early but still it's it's a decent slasher yeah well and the other thing is that it's a movie that comes out the year after Friday the 13th part 2 and it turns out the plot is that a boy saw his mother killed and now he's taking revenge by killing the teenage girls that killed her no, it's like yeah, well that, yeah I think it's crossed you know, my mind as well yeah <laughs> Um, which I but you know what? Friday the Thirteenth was intentionally trying to rip off Halloween, so it's all just a cycle. In the interest of fairness, Friday the Thirteenth was ripping off Bay of Blood way more than it was ripping off. <laughs> That's very true. Well, the filmmakers have stated they were trying to rip off Halloween, yeah, so I guess they how failed. So they're misleading people. <laughs> Look, that's look, that's what the that's what the slasher genre is, though, right? Like Black Christmas comes along; it's a, it's an influence on Halloween. Halloween's an influence on, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, the first one, and a couple of other things that came out around that time. And then all hell broke loose in the eighties. Everything was right. I do think that this movie is almost homaging the films that came before it. I think that having that Friday Thirteenth two plot point is intentional as a tribute to it because like if you watch the whole movie it's like like the whole like prank gone awry thing and then Mm -hmm. like now there's killing on the night of the big dance that's prom night right which came out two years before this you've got you've got the the weird doctor guy who's like hunting his own patients driving a brown station wagon just like halloween (laughs) you've got like clear references to black christmas early in the movie when the mother goes up into the attic and you get mm-hmm. and she's sitting in that rocking chair in front of the window like that's right that right. can't be a coincidence well, that a slasher film yeah. has it. So well, that, I, I in, in having him skulking around in the attic for a majority of the movie as well yeah like there's so, a lot of black christmas in this movie yeah i i think that's all intentional i think this is like a really early example of like somebody already recognizing that there were tropes in this and paying tribute to the films that came before it. I, but I started realizing that early in the film and watching for it, I was having a lot of fun picking out all the little things like that. So that's one of the things I liked about the movie. I thought it did a good job of paying tribute to those movies without just kind of like blatantly calling it out. What's the clown an homage to? I don't know, but I feel like there must've been. Clowns are just <laughs> creepy. Yeah. <laughs> It feels like it should be an homage to something, but I'm not sure what, which made me think I, I'm not as well-versed in the slasher genre as I think I am. <laughs> so, but it's also interesting, too, though, because this has, like, when they do ha- they do the prank and it goes awry and they pull the body out of the pool, it's like the scene from I Know What You Did Last Summer, except 25 years earlier it's like literally just they're playing it's almost word for word dialogue we got to call the cops we can't do that we'll ruin our lives it's like it was just a mistake and you're like oh well i guess this was influential and influenced okay now i i have questions about the gun (laughs) yeah because all right it it seems to me like they had this prank all set up and then there was a real bullet in the gun by accident Mm-hmm. But then later in the movie, like 
she's got the gun and she's trying to shoot that thing that's right in front of her to not do anything. So it's got more blanks. So did, did somebody just like randomly mix up blanks and real bullets and put them in the gun or what? I think it's or what? Sure. Yeah, that's the correct one. It's the, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a problem in, with the film is that like they're firing blanks at her and then I'm not even a hundred percent sure they shoot her. Is it possible that what went wrong is that they fired a blank, scared her and she fell in the pool and drowned? Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, she grabs her stomach when she falls into the pool. Yeah, but lots of people grab their stomach. For different <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to argue. I don't. I, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure what happened there. It's not clear. Like, if there was just an extra bullet in the gun, that's weird. Because you would think when you're putting blanks in the gun, you would take all the bullets out and then put yeah, new blanks in, right. not just like I don't know. I I, don't, I guess I'm not a gun guy. You guys yeah, are the Americans. Explain to me how guns why I'm work. asking about it. Well, yeah, accidents I, happen. I mean, just ask Brandon Lee. It's a good oh. point, actually. Maybe th- maybe this is a precursor to The Crow as well. I just said it was influential on one movie. Maybe it's influential on another. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was... Uh, this was... This was entertaining enough but there was one moment in the movie that actually made me laugh out loud and it was during the climax of the movie uh in the attic when uh the guy that's dressed as a clown goes ah and executes this perfect sideways swan dive down the attic (laughs) stairs i was like that didn't look accidental You're not wrong. It was <laughs> maybe he's just suicidal. Maybe, but but he opened his eyes, so there could be a sequel. Which there never was, surprisingly. I'm surprised there wasn't a sequel to this because it's a, it's a solid slasher. The kills are pretty good. The you know the plot twist is good enough. All the characters are fine. The the band they get to play an entire song in the middle of the movie or a couple songs actually it's, it's very <laughs> that, tolerable. That... That band was actually a lot better than most bands I saw play at parties. Oh, yeah. Uh, Apparently, that was some local uh, Washington, D.C. pop band. Mm. Okay. Okay. And then they broke up, like, right after the movie came out. Of course. Probably got into a big argument about whether the mother got shot or not. (laughs) (laughs) I assume. Um, Do you have a favorite kill, Doug? I mean, you got to give it up for the... Head in the toilet, man. <laughs> it's, it would be unfair for me to pretend that that's not my favorite kill. There are a few good ones, though. I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head. What was your favorite? Um, no. Because now that I'm trying to think of them, none of them are like really popping into mind. But no, I enjoyed them in the moment. But that head in the toilet really steals the show. Oh, yeah. for it, sure. It certainly does. Yeah, yeah. There were a bunch that's... of king kills in the movie, and they were good. Yeah, the the one in the uh, in the graveyard when they he beats the girl down and then takes the cane and turns it around and just jams it right into her eye socket. That one was probably the best. <laughs> that was maybe the best, objectively the best kill. It's just he didn't take her head off and put it in a toilet, so it wasn't as much fun as the other one. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was a dumb question because yeah, besides the uh, head in the toilet, I don't remember which which kills were which. And even honestly, the head in the toilet kill was pretty standard, like beheading. It's it's just the cleverness of leaving that head in the toilet. It's, <laughs> it's so fun. 
Uh, wasn't a kill, but I guess the body falling down the stairs and hitting the chick in the face from the attic was kind of funny. That was good. Yeah. What did you guys think of the shenanigans when they were trying to hide the body and then they like they had it in that uh, dumpster at one point and the cops stop them and like <laughs> yelling at them for playing with a dumpster and they're trying not to let them see that there's a dead body in it. Well, not that only was... stops them, but they run right into the cop car. <laughs> <laughs> right. They got lucky. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> I did like uh, I did like the moment in the attic when she was all clever and set up the bait with the jack in the box at the top of the stairs, <laughs> and then you see the clown raise its head. And you're like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> that that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I just end? love that we haven't had like a we didn't have a killer with like a mask or anything pretty much the entire movie yeah. and all of a sudden full body clown shows up <laughs> there you go what else is great about this movie oh. it was a lot to enjoy i thought like i thought like just the party scenes were fun in yeah. that slasher film kind of way i liked the uh the blind date guy that just kept following the girl around and he's like he just <laughs> won't leave her alone and she's like you gotta like you gotta go like she doesn't want to say kill her on the loose but she's like this isn't cool anymore man and then all of a sudden he just sees that like dead bird in the cage or remnants <laughs> of a dead bird and he's like uh uh what the hell <laughs> dude take a hint it's time man yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say about this movie it was enjoyable there were some um, boobs. Yeah, not nearly as much as the next movie, but it's true. Yeah. true. But, and what was up with the den mother, uh, like puncturing that waterbed? Like, <laughs> she, I, I understand she doesn't want him getting it on, but like, doesn't doesn't she own that house? I don't know if you want to explode a waterbed. It doesn't <laughs> seem like a good idea. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, look, is... if you get into some of the specifics of the plot, there's a lot of issues. Because why does she have a sorority in her house if she hates sorority girls so much in the first place? Uh, that's a fair question. There's one thing I will not abide, it's it's girls drinking and having sex and having big parties. I think I'll have a sorority in my house and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do those sorts of things, do they? Was there some sort of uh, plot point that... Was she gonna kill herself or something? Who? The uh, the den mother. What? No. Does she, well, she like wanted everybody out of her house. She was bringing her son back. She decided, uh, I have all these old pictures of me with the sororities on the on the wall. I'm just gonna uh-huh. burn all of them. Uh huh. For some reason, I got some weird impression that this was like gonna be like the last weekend. Like she was gonna kill herself. No, if I understood correctly, the doctor had been telling her that his condition was deteriorating. So maybe he was going to die, and that's why she was all depressed. I don't know. I think she just wanted the girls out of the house so that her son could have his birthday party. Yeah. Which I get that, but I don't know. There was some weird undertone for me. Yeah. She was... Done one way or the other, either done being a dead mother or done some... being an actual mother. <laughs> yeah, she's like either the kid has to die or all the sorority girls have to die, one or the other, because I'm done with one of these two jobs. <laughs> I will say that probably some of my favorite shots in the movie were when uh, 
the doctor gives her a sedative um, and she starts hallucinating. Um, I thought some of that stuff, particularly there was one shot when she was running down a hallway and the hallway shortened up in camera. That was pretty cool. I like that yeah. shot. That was actually really neat. Yeah. Better than what you expect from a, an 80s slasher movie. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. You don't expect things like that. You expect the money to go into special effects, not camera shots. So. Yeah, I was I was pretty surprised it happened. I think I actually said, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting anything like that to come from this movie. Look at that good filmmaking. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the budget was like four hundred twenty-five thousand, hmm. and then it made like ten point six million at the box office. Seriously? Pretty yeah. wow. budget for this movie. Yeah. It's like a big budget for a slasher in this era. Huh. Well, turns out yeah. if you make quality films, you can actually make money off them. That's one of the things Hollywood doesn't seem to like to do. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, anything else about House on Sorority Row? I don't really have much to say about it. No, I mean, this is the yeah. problem when we discuss slashers is we end up just going through some of the kills and... Yeah. Was was the costume neat, and then we're kind of done. Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, it's kind of a short discussion, but I think it, it definitely, I think it's a a very quality movie. Lots of references to other slashers. So kind of some precursors to things that were going to come later. Yeah. But uh, that's that's kind of that's one of the fun things about watching slashers is seeing those sorts of things happen. Uh, they did do a remake, which we covered on this show, and Doug hated it. Was that the 2009 movie? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I did hate that, yeah. <laughs> I do remember hating that. Is I think that... I watched it, but I don't remember anything about it, which did is it... probably a statement of some sort. Is that the one where Carrie Fisher is the dead mother? Is that... That's right. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. The dead mother isn't the one who's killed. It's one of the sorority sisters. And then yeah. you kind of do a, uh, I know what you did last summer where... At the end of the school year, somebody starts um, killing off the uh, sorority girls. Mm. So another remake where they don't bother to stick with the original story. So why even call it a remake? (laughs) Because they need the title to get people to go see it. Which they they didn't even use the title. They just called it Sorority Row. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. Uh, um, all right, Eric, do you uh, want to try to tell us what the plot to Sorority House Massacre was? Because uh, uh, okay. there's, some, there's some questions that I have. As far as I can tell, uh, there's a girl uh, who starts going to this sorority, um, and she's having like these weird visions. Um, there's also a... Uh, killer that's locked up in a mental hospital uh and it seems that there might be some type of connection between these two uh as the girls keeps on having more and more visions i love that you sighed in the middle of your plot (laughs) (laughs) as you should uh as the girl starts having more and more visions she starts to uh oh she gets hypnotized too and remembers that uh, 
the the killings actually happened in this house and she was actually part of the family that got attacked in that house by the killer who's in the mental institution but he's broken out and he comes back to the house and starts killing some more people um until uh they successfully defend themselves at the end of the film and yeah that's it is he, is he, is he like her brother maybe is that anything uh, i did, i didn't get that um that yes. was i was uh, what he, he is her brother Okay. Where'd you get that from? Uh, in the movie. <laughs> she called him her brother. <laughs> I totally missed that. It's not, it, it's... He was the older brother and he killed the rest of the family except for her. And yeah. ended up in the mental asylum. Oh, I totally missed the fact that he was part of the family. I thought he was just some yeah. dude that killed yeah. everybody in the house. So, and so then, uh, words, this is another movie that's like completely ripping off Halloween. But because totally. it's not done nearly as well, it's oh. not as enjoyable. And also has uh, selective amnesia because she forgets that she used to live in this house. She yeah. repressed the memory. <laughs> I got out of the whole thing. Fucking stupid. If you're going to have that as your plot point, you have to give, like, a, you have to put a lot into that. Like, yeah. have her going to a doctor who's doing repressive memory therapy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, something. Like, you can't just can't just be like yeah you forget where you used to live and like nobody brings it up like she tells her parents like i'm going to join this sorority and go to this college and they go maybe go to a different sorority like (laughs) (laughs) well i guess her parents were dead but whoever yeah Yeah. whoever she was living with going into college yeah i feel like that's not a very good aunt if she's just like well just like "Ah, she probably won't remember maybe go to the school on the other coast (laughs) She was pretty young when her parents were slaughtered. She probably doesn't really recall. Yeah. It doesn't usually have a large impact on a child that their parents get murdered in front of them. Well, I did like the exchange in the movie when uh, when she finally figures it out. And one of her sorority sisters says, how could you not remember that? And she goes, well, what do you remember from your when you're five? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, well fair point. <laughs> yeah, but I think you remember that from when you're five. Yeah, none of my parents got murdered, but I kind of remember all the houses I lived in around that time. <laughs> Again, yeah, you. I think I I feel uh, that if your parents get murdered in front of you, you're gonna remember for a long time. <laughs> Maybe I've seen one too many Batman movies, but it seems to have a big influence on people's lives. <laughs> Why did you say that name? No. Don't fucking go there. Don't bring it up. I don't need to be that. I don't need to be that angry. <laughs> so my my first note I had on this movie is four by three. WTF? Yeah. yeah. Fair Was this made for television? I don't it can't think be so. Way too much nudity. Mm, yeah, you're right. It's just maybe only VHS rips of it exist for putting on the streaming services. And then after after a couple more notes, I have in all caps, THE CLOTHES! With several exclamation points. Because, <laughs> oh my god, the clothes these girls are wearing. Holy shit. That's not how people dressed for real, is it? I, I can't <laughs> believe that. Well, the, 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 they did wear shoulder pads that were that massive. I don't know, I don't know about the rest of it. But. Well, I like that they think that one chick dresses so nice that they go raid her closet when she leaves. Oh, shit. And, all of her all of her clothes are like shit that like old people would wear to church (laughs) yeah i don't understand i also enjoyed the fact that while they were doing that the our lead is sitting on the bed just watching while wearing a black and white checkered top 
with a smaller black and white pattern pants. And I'm like, why aren't you trying on some of those clothes? Because they would certainly look better than what you're wearing now. What the hell? Well, there's a reason, which I I could tell you, which is that she signed on to do the movie without reading the script. And then, okay. and then saw that there was nudity required for that scene and refused to do it. Oh, so okay. they they compromised and let her sit on the bed while the other are, guys got topless. Are they so incompetent as filmmakers that they can't have her change an outfit but not have nudity in the film? Uh, well, yeah, Doug. I mean, you see the other <laughs> girls. Come on. Apparently, the answer to that question is yes. So here's the thing about that whole scene. What the absolute fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Like okay, I get I get that it's a slasher movie and that you're appealing to a young male audience, so you put some boobs in there. Yeah. That makes enough sense. But you do it through a fashion montage of them trying on outfits. <laughs> what like what teenage boy wants to watch that? Like no, like that's like it's like that's what you put in like a rom com that teenage boys actively avoid. Like it's you're you're doing it all wrong. Like, well, they did have a hanky panky scene later. Yes, but in the teepo in the teepee, which was way too small for any hanky panky. Yeah, the whole yeah. Would it uh, <laughs> would it have been better if they honked each other's boobs throughout it? <laughs> you know what? I think it might have been, and that's not a compliment to the film. When that's improved. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh... Yeah, the shitty thing is I watched this movie years ago and was like, that's this plot point of her living in this house when she was younger is stupid. And then you know I watched, was, you know what else is stupid? It was at the end when her, her friends hit the guy with a shovel and she just keeps on hitting him on the back. It's like, come on, anywhere else, anywhere else, like try and take out his knees bash him over the head why are you hitting him in the back repeatedly that's not gonna do anything that's just yeah that's <laughs> called shitty filmmaking i think when you can't hire stunt people that's what that is uh so i did end up watching sorority house massacre 2 oh you did uh not the, not this time around but back when i initially watched it so uh, this one got a sequel, but the other one that was set up for a sequel didn't. Correct. The other one, the other one that was that's, good didn't, and this one did. That's unfortunate. Uh, I think this one is ties to Roger Corman. Okay. Um, that explains it. Yeah, it does explain it because the second one is directed by our good buddy Jim Wynorski. Okay. Uh, so of course there's tons of boobs in it, mm-hmm. and I read the trivia on that and found out that Roger Corman's wife told Jim he could film a movie on all these sets that they had, but they weren't using, but he had to do it on a week when they were going on vacation and he couldn't tell Roger about it. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) So he filmed sorority house massacre two. And then when he presented it to Roger, like, Hey, I filmed this movie. Roger loved it. Hey, wait a minute. That looks familiar, but it wasn't long enough. So they had to throw in this flashback scene to, cause in the second one, it's not, it, it's not even really, uh, connected to the first one. No. And the flashback scene is from a whole different movie, right? That's correct. It's from, is what? it summer party massacre or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So these girls, these women move into this house that 
there had been some murders in before five years before or something. And they're going to turn it into their sorority house. So they're there to like, you know, clean it up or something. And someone tells a flashback story of the murders that happened in the house. And the whole thing is just footage from slumber party massacre that they put a voiceover just, on and chopped up. That's it's, it's, it's hilarious. Almost, that, that's worse than uh silent night, deadly night too. <laughs> yeah. At least the silent night, deadly night two had clips from the actual first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty funny when you watch it too. Like, and like the first time I watched it, I didn't know. And it was like, I think it was back when Horror Etc. was doing like a month of slasher films. So I had also watched, <laughs> I was watching like all of the Slumber Party Massacre films and all of these movies at the same time. And so like, I'm like getting super confused because I'm like, wait, am I getting the movies mixed up? Like I thought that was, you can't, you can't keep track of it in your own head. <laughs> so it's, it's fucking weird. Yeah. <sighs> I think yeah. the sequel to this is way better than this though. Right. Oh, I think so. I don't really remember, I mean, but most it's gotta be. Are, most things are a lot better because this movie was garbage. Yeah, this movie was like, terrible. Like I don't have specific notes on it, but if I did, it would just be the word "boring" written a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's the ultimate. Well, like when you, at least when you it had courtesy movie. to get in and out in an hour and fourteen minutes. That's true. Yeah, but it's it felt long at an hour and fourteen. <laughs> like they could have edited it down. Because eleven minutes of that is a fucking them trying on the girls' church clothes. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. I just I. That's the thing. A slasher movie can be like serious, and it can be like a little bit frightening, and that's good, right? Or mm-hmm. it can just be fun, and you can just have dumb characters having a big party, and then they start getting chopped up. And as long as you get some good kills in there, and they're kind of semi-likable characters at the beginning, good enough. But a slasher film can't get away with being boring and can't get away with having boring kills, which this film has. <laughs> and it's yeah, just, I like, I don't... And it's, it's they act like there's a plot about her having dreams and then the killer coming to her. Mm-hmm. That's not a plot. Like, everybody... Like, like, in the last film where I'm saying, like, oh, with the plot twist, maybe it's just obvious because we've watched a lot of slasher films. In this, it's like, well, that's all it can be. All it can be is that there's a connection between her and him. There can't. There's no other option, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like anybody else is having dreams about anything else. It's not like we're, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It can only be about this killer coming after this girl who's having visions of him. So, what the fuck? Why bother? <laughs> or at least, you know, if you're gonna do it, then like have some explanation, like how how it works right if she has some fucking if there is some weird like connection between the two of them and her going back to the house awakens her memories and then that's what wakens him up in the hospital or something you could do something with that but they don't they don't do anything (laughs) at all i did enjoy when uh when he escapes from a mental hospital when he attacks the orderly he hits the orderly's head against the wall hard enough to splatter blood but not hard enough to damage the wall any Somehow, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> You're getting really nitpicky for the things you complain about in this film. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, it's yeah. It's that's what this movie is, though. <laughs> I wish I. I wish I'd written down too. Like when they give the call, it's like 
we need you to uh, come into the hospital and help us out. This patient has escaped. And it's just like this, like some monotone, like boring, like there's a killer on the loose, but we're not excited about it at all. But it's just and, like, and having it. several hours passed at that point. Oh, yeah. 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 The next morning. It's like, <laughs> maybe, maybe freak out. This is like one of those times when it's appropriate to get excited and get worked up, you know. <laughs> and, and why are they calling the doctor instead of, oh, I don't know, maybe the police? Nah. Nah, call the police. Are you kidding me? On this I mean, film's budget, you can't call the police. You can't rent all those uniforms. That's <laughs> oh, a yeah. dumb movie. It's just, it's yeah. The plot points are. It's again, like not, you don't it's need. It's not good. You don't need them to be good plot points. You could have just made this about a guy escapes from a mental hospital, stumbles across a sorority house, kills the girls in it, and that could be fine. That, that's a movie. But they tried to make it clever and they failed, and that's just unacceptable. <laughs> well, it seems like we have another short conversation. <laughs> well, at least we're angrier during this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, either. you guys have anything else to say about this? Uh, really, yeah, that's unfortunately with this one like i would just like avoid it if you're thinking of watching it because it's dumb and it's not interesting or fun in any way but other than that i don't have much to say about it <laughs> yeah i remember it being exciting to do this episode i'm like oh yeah sorority slasher movie this is gonna be fun and then one of them was mildly fun and this one just made me mad yeah. <laughs> I, I think yeah i think i definitely enjoyed um house and sorority row a lot more than you did brian so that, at least this was a good week for me from that perspective. <laughs> and I, luckily we live in the age of cell phones, so I didn't have to pay that much attention to the shitty movie. I was able to just kind of let my mind drift. That's <laughs> definitely like, what I did. An hour 14 of this, I can't sit through something that long. As so. soon as I realized <laughs> it was the one that uh, she forgot she lived in the house, I was like, oh, fuck. And I just grabbed my phone and started scrolling. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Anybody watch anything since last week? Uh, Do you have anything, Scott, you want to share with us? Or Scott? Scott. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still in last week. Eric, <laughs> is there anything you, like, you watch that you want to chat about? Well, I saw you post about something that I've seen and would enjoy talking about, so I'll wait till you talk about that. Uh, other stuff I have watched recently, um, I watched a movie called Amulet. You guys heard about that? No. It's a 2020 kind of, uh, I guess, demonic possession type of movie um it's really artsy um like i i made a comment to my buddy dan i was watching it with i I said that whoever made this movie is a good artist but not a great storyteller Uh, (laughs) because it looks good it looks good and there's all sorts of interesting shots in there uh and as it turns out the story is pretty decent but they tell it in a really weird way um so it's it's not going to work for everybody, but uh, check it out if you're curious. Um, of course, I watched Attack of the Killer Tomatoes with Scott. Um, 
That movie's oh, that movie's ridiculous, but fun. Um, uh, but you don't even get George Clooney. At least we did part two with George Clooney. <laughs> um, then I watched uh, the Mortuary Collection, uh, which is on Shutter. It's an anthology. Um, did it? We talked about it on Dark Discussions. Uh, I I was the odd man out everybody else seemed to enjoy it at least to a certain extent and i really did not um so i take that for what you will i've heard it's um, good i haven't uh haven't sat down to watch it yet it's not my thing it's it's you know um i think it's kind of aimed at a younger audience um you know like scary stories telling the dark that type of thing and i i, I didn't hate the the way I described it on the show is it's it's like plain oatmeal. You can eat it. It's not going to be offensive. It's not going to kill you. But, man, there's so many other better choices. <laughs> um, so then I watched these two movies. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. And then uh, earlier tonight I watched uh, a new 2020 movie with Russell Crowe called Unhinged. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to watch that. He plays a dude that just uh, goes off the deep end, and he did a pretty good job of portraying that. Um, <laughs> Such a good actor. So, I mean, that's your kind of thing. If you want to see, if you if you want to see Russell Crowe go off the deep end and start like just intentionally trying to destroy somebody's life, check it out. <laughs> you sure this isn't a documentary? <laughs> Oh, not not as far as I know of. It actually uh, sounds interesting. Like, what can you define? Go off the deep end a little bit more. Uh, well, um, the very opening scene of the movie, uh, like literally the first two minutes of the movie, are him um, uh, taking his meds uh, while sitting in a truck in the rain, and then uh, breaking into a house with a hammer and. Uh, then murdering somebody with a hammer and then lighting the house on fire. All right. So yeah. that's how the movie opens. So if that, sound, if that sounds like your type of deal, check it out. That does sound like my type of deal. When you, I'm like, <laughs> you murdered somebody and burned a house down? That's pretty yeah. good for an opening scene. Yeah. Two for one, yeah. Yeah, I've heard it's kind of like a modern exploitation movie. Uh, a little bit, yeah. There's There's lots of gratuitous violence, which is cool. Sold and sold. <laughs> there's a if you guys end up watching it, there's a there's a scene in the diner I particularly enjoyed. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Sounds like something I'd have to pay for, so I think I'll uh, be right now. You would have it. to pay for it. Yeah, it's brand brand new and has a big name in it. So yeah, it'll be on Netflix in a month, and I'll watch it then. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Um, those are all the movies I've watched. Uh, watch, been watching a little bit of uh, Hulu, uh, TV on Hulu. Uh, there's a show that's currently airing on Fox that's also on Hulu. I probably wouldn't have started watching it had I not realized there wasn't a full season to watch yet because that's how I roll these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's called Next, and mm-hmm. it's kind of sci-fi about uh, AI becoming uh, self-aware and improving itself and trying to take over. Um, I'm, I really enjoy it. I think it's pretty cool. So back in my day, we called that Terminator. <laughs> this isn't a, like a robot though. It's just code, uh, wow. doing its thing. Um, 
And then I've been watching just this is a show that's been off the air for a while, but uh, Bones uh, with uh, Emily Deschanel and uh, David Borneas um, play a FBI agent and a, a forensic pathologist that solve crimes together. And he's the big lughead and she's the really smart scientist that is socially awkward. Uh, and they, they make an amusing couple going around solving crimes. So if that sounds like your thing, it's on Hulu if you want to check it out. Yeah, I've never watched it. I think I'm still kind of salty because uh, he was fine with Angel Ending, so he could go do Bones. <laughs> right. <laughs> I never really, I never got past season two Angel. I'll have to circle back and check that out. Angel's hit or miss, but like the last season was actually quite good. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to push through it soon. Kind of That's all I've been watching. In order to know all the characters for the last season, but yeah. Well, what about you, Doug? What did you watch? Uh, I got a few things. I watched a movie from the seventies called Scalpel. Have you ever heard of it? No. No. So, uh, kind of a thriller, I guess. Um, basically, this old guy dies and leaves all his money to his granddaughter. Kind of passes over his son. But the thing is, the granddaughter is missing, and the son is a plastic surgeon. Uh, so, by happy coincidence, he stumbles across a stripper who's been beaten up so badly that she her face is all mangled. And he uses his plastic surgery skills to make her look like the daughter so that she can claim the inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, after that, things start to get weird. Oh, after that, things start to get weird. Yeah, after, after that, things start to get weird because so she goes along with the plan. Like she's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And there's a whole thing where he has to like pretend his daughter came home and have her go get the money and all that. But then it becomes clear that the daughter's not gone forever, and she kind of does come home, and that's awkward because now there's two of her, <laughs> right? <laughs> So it's a, it's from the 70s, so it's like super weird, like because he basically tells his daughter, like, yeah, no, I reconstructed her to look like you because you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then nobody brings up the fact that he's sleeping with the girl that looks just like his daughter. Oh, yucky, yucky, yucky. So it's like, well, that's not okay. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and a lot of it is just back and forth where like different people are like trying to figure out who's who and which one's which and you know, other people in the family are like, well, wait a minute, like, she, you said she was back, but it turns out some people knew where she was because she was in, like, an institution mm-hmm. that her grandfather had had her put in. So it's, yeah, it's a weird thriller thing. It has a bunch of twists and turns towards the end. Um, turns out, like, there's for some reason there's a rapey uncle in it who I don't really understand why he's in it. And the the dad's kind of a scumbag, so they end up, that ends up coming to a head late in the film and stuff without getting into every little detail, but it's, it's creepy and weird and just, just strange enough that it held my interest. So if that sounds interesting to people, I'd, I'd say watch it. Okay. Um, but again, it's the seventies. So shit was just weird back then. I don't really know why <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I can't really explain why they would make a movie like this, but, Um, after that, I finally got around to watching 
Bill and Ted Face the Music. Nice. Mm. It's uh, finally available for free in places. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I really, really liked it. I, I, I will not argue with anyone who says that like they don't like it because it's comedy and it's very subjective that way. But it's like I thought lead actors did a good job reprising the roles. I thought the daughters did a good job of playing like teenage girl versions of their dads. Um, you know, and again, if you disagree with me on that fine you cannot like it that's just how it is with this type of a movie um i thought it was a fun nostalgic trip i thought the plot made just enough sense and it was they used the time travel in fun ways and i liked the uh the fact that bill and ted keep jumping around to different time frames and meeting different versions of themselves i thought that was really fun <laughs> dude i watched that with my buddy dan when it first came out and that uh first scene at the wedding reception we were we were both laughing so hard we could barely breathe. Yeah. It was it was just oh, <laughs> it's so good. Super fun. When they give the speech about how Missy's getting married and all the different weird relationship it causes, it's, just like, <laughs> it's like, so what is it like? Is it like Ted's dad is now his own son or whatever? It's like, <laughs> Uh, I, I actually bought that, and on some of the special features, they had um, it was actually a virtual panel that was hosted by Kevin Smith. So you'd be interested in that, Doug, right. um, uh, with all the actors of the movie. And Samara Weaving was talking about, and I never stopped to think about this. She's she's young enough that she doesn't r- really know the first movies, and she she doesn't even really know the movies, the Matrix movies her uncle was in. Um, she knows Keanu Reeves as uh, John Wick. That's mm. how she knows him. So she That's was talking. To, she was talking about that scene at the wedding reception, and how she's supposed to be sitting there acting like she's totally into the music, but she's like watching John Wick on the stage dancing around with all these different instruments. <laughs> <laughs> she while she was telling this story, she was she started laughing so hard, tears were were rolling down her cheeks. Because uh, it because it made her laugh so hard. That's hilarious. Nice. I never I never thought of that that like the is, like, actual people involved in the movie are too young to know the original movies because it has been a long time I guess since those yeah. first two came out. Yeah. I just for me it feels like yesterday because I'm a very very old person. Yeah, <laughs> so. me too. It kind of sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> Not really. I get to remember Keanu Reeves from when he was built or when he was Ted. So. <laughs> I just I thought I thought the movie just did well. I thought it, they nailed the little things, like the way the girls refer to Bill and Ted as dads, made that's me laugh right. every time. I'm just like, <laughs> that, that's perfect. Like that's exactly what their daughters would call them. So yeah, I was I was glad it worked because I was a little nervous about it not working. But yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. It it's especially when it originally came out. It's just the uh, just the feel good nostalgic movie. I think everybody needed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. That's everybody just wants to think of different years right now instead of this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> time travel. <laughs> That'd be fun if we could time travel. <laughs> don't go forward. We don't want to know what's coming. No. <laughs> right. It's, it's the thing I keep saying. People, people keep saying like, oh, "I can't wait for this year to be over." And it's like, how do you know what's coming next? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> right. Remember when we like, thought 2016 was a horrible year? Yeah. Next oh, year wait. the robots rise up. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun, actually. Yeah. I look forward to that. <laughs> I'm fine with it. We we had a good run. 
honestly, if, if humans have have taught us anything this year, it's that we probably probably will be better off without us in it. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, movies, anyway. Movies are less depressing than what we're currently talking about. So let's go back to that. <laughs> All right. Um, I watched uh, Hello Mary Lou prom night two. Oh yeah. Which, Talk, talk about honesty in a title of a film. Let's start with that. Just you know, it's you know they're just abusing the prom night name when it's not even called prom night two. Hello Mary Lou. It's called Hello Mary Lou prom night two. I love that. <laughs> they're just like clearly they already had the title. They're like what if we just called it prom night two as well? All right, stick it underneath. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we ended up with two more sequels that had more to do with the second one than they did the yeah. first one. Oh yeah, no, I don't, they don't. There's no connection between this and the first one, other than the fact that there no. is a prom in it, right? But, you know, um, I like the movie quite a bit. I think you're a fan of it, right, Brian? I'm a big fan of it, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's just a supernatural slasher. It's not, there's nothing more to it, really, but... I always say it's like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street mixed with Carrie. Sure. Yeah, that's a good, uh, good description, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, for people who haven't seen it, it's... You know, there's this dirty, dirty horror in the 50s, and she dies, and then <laughs> her ghost goes into a dress. It's like another Amityville film yeah. where the ghost goes into an inanimate object and waits until somebody puts the dress back on and then takes her over, and now she's killing people in supernatural killer ways in the 80s. And hmm. It's why? Uh, what kind of a question is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not appropriate. <laughs> she's... Bad about getting killed when she was alive, so now she kills people that she's a yeah. ghost. Oh, okay. She gets set on fire by accident. Yeah. Well, sort of by accident. They do throw yeah. a lit firecracker or whatever it is at her. I think it's a smoke bomb. And they throw it at her and it gets too close and lights her on fire. <laughs> so oops. <laughs> the best part is like so she's it's there's like her boyfriend, right? And then she's he catches her cheating because she's such a dirty, dirty whore that <laughs> Like in the middle of prom, I love how that you use the word "dirty" twice. <laughs> well, it's, she's very, very dirty. Um, like in prom, she's there with her boyfriend. He like goes to get punch, and she sneaks off behind the stage with another guy. Oh, she sex. is. Dirty. Yeah, like it's. I'm not. I don't use the term lightly. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't just throw that around. <laughs> so what ends up happening is like the boyfriend comes. He freaks out. She's like yelling at him. So then he climbs up. She's named Prom Queen. And when he climbs up above her head and drops a smoke bomb on her, but it accidentally lights her on fire. Mm. But then the super weird part is like in the 80s, that boyfriend who's now like logically, he's going to be the principal at the high school, right? That makes sense. It's yeah. a slasher movie. Everything okay. has to flow. But he's now friends with the guy that she was fooling around with because <laughs> they have this secret together. And it's like, but. That guy she was fooling around with probably should have turned him in for it, the well, murder. bonded over murder. It happens yeah. all the time. I and guess. The, uh, That's the how guy? I make friends. Who's, uh, who's the guy that plays the principal? <laughs> That'd be uh, Mr. Michael Ironside. That's right. And That's... There you go. That makes it an inherently better movie, right? Exactly. I think so. It's fun because watching Michael Ironside in this movie, and there's a point where he has to go like dig up a grave and stuff, and it reminds me a lot of John Saxon in the Nightmare series. Huh. Yeah. The, the characters are very similar and they kind of look the same and they both have that same balding thing going so yeah I don't know there, there were fun kills in the movie and fun atmosphere and 
that's kind of all it takes for a supernatural slasher. Yeah. yeah the, uh, when the anti or the, oh, I guess it should be the antagonist. I don't know. The possessed girl, which yeah. is walking around naked in the locker room and another girl hides in a locker. And then she just does the little carry twitch with her hand and the, the entire locker row on either sides of it just smashes her. Oh, <laughs> Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, there's stuff like that. There's that one scene where they get like pulled, like the chalkboard in the classroom kind of becomes like, like when yeah. you like, pull someone in, and it's really badass looking. I don't know how they did that, but it looks Me really um, You know, it, it could be out of a Nightmare on Elm Street film. So it's it's a recommend. I liked it enough that I tried to watch part three. Oh, yeah. I liked part three enough that I just used the phrase tried to watch part three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've never uh, gone past part two, so. Yeah, like, so part three, they play up the comedy a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, their idea of what funny is, is like in the background while they're in the high school, there's announcements going on. And then there's like, one of the announcements is, uh, this is just to announce that the chess team's practice has been canceled. The coach recommends you all take this time to go somewhere and just play with yourselves. <laughs> because play with yourselves means masturbate as well as play chess alone. So that's the joke. <laughs> but made that laugh. Yeah. But I'm trying to watch a slasher movie here. I don't need that joke in the middle of it. And there's a couple others that are like similar to that in just these random announcements coming over the PA system while you're trying to watch a movie. So I'll probably end up watching the end of it because now it's sitting in that continue watching section and I can't deal with stuff. Oh, uh, so. yeah. <laughs> Gotta clean it out. And then wait for Tubi to tell you to watch something else. And then you to gotta be, move to on to part fair, four? I don't well, we'll see how it goes. I don't wanna say no, but I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. I know it's not good for me, I know <laughs> but sometimes I make bad life choices, okay. Yeah, but there's only one left. You might as well finish off the series. Yeah. It's, it's a really solid argument. <laughs> don't listen to that. It's weird that part three, they actually, it's like the, the, the same ghost girl comes back. Oh, yeah, there you go. You want to know how shitty part three is? The So the, the same ghost, like Mary Lou, comes back again, right? But it's like, well, how can she come back? Because they destroyed her at the end of the second movie. So yeah. they actually have a scene where she's like in hell, chained up with like a group of other girls, and they're being forced to dance while chained up. <laughs> And she actually, like, they actually just show her, like... That's what hell is? Yeah. I think it's supposed to be hell. I'm not 100% sure. Maybe that's her version of heaven. I'm not... It's not clear. But then she, like, actually, like, they actually show her, like, actually, like, cut away at the chain and break off the chain. And I'm like, well, that's not... That's not good. That's not how you get out of hell. It's not... I don't accept that. I don't buy your premise. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Anyways, that's... Oh yeah, I'll probably have more to say about part three next week after I make myself through it. <laughs> it's hard to imagine me not watching it now. Um, after that, I ended up watching uh, The Mule, which is the Clint Eastwood movie about an old man who becomes a drug runner. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, I think Clint Eastwood's a pretty good director, so I uh, decided to watch that one. And it is uh, pretty good. Yeah, um, he's good. He's good at uh, directing. I just wasn't particularly interested in that story. Yeah, I mean the story is pretty basic. It's just this old guy who's always been irresponsible, and it's um, he's you know run out of money, even though he's like very very old, and he 
has nowhere to live and his house is being foreclosed on and stuff, so he ends up getting this job running drugs. At first, he doesn't even know what he's doing. They're just like, just drive this package over here and keep your mouth shut about it. And he doesn't ask any questions, but eventually he figures out what he's doing. And it's kind of a, there's a bit of a redemption story where he uses the money he makes to like help his family and stuff. Um, mm. What I found problematic with the film, so the way it's set up is, so Bradley Cooper and Michael Pena play like DA agents who are tracking this drug cartel. And then Clint Eastwood plays the old man that's becoming a mule. And the movie kind of plays, it's almost like The Departed in the sense that they're both, um, they're, you're following both stories and you know eventually this is going to come to a con- uh, collision, right? You know, and it does. But um, to me, I found like the whole DEA agent stuff was pretty typical movie nonsense of, you know, they're leaning on guys to get information and stuff. And I don't really need to see that again. I would have preferred they stuck with the more emotional side of the story, which is the old man trying to redeem himself and trying to figure out how, like once he gets in, in deep into this drug running stuff like trying to figure out how to deal with that and I thought that would have been more interesting to just spend the whole movie with him but that's not what they did so overall it's still pretty good I would say mm. wow yeah. so <laughs> as a side note because I keep track of my movies by opening up uh, Instagram I just got a comment as we're recording on the sorority house massacre that we all hated and this yeah. one guy really liked it. He says it's surprisingly well shot, excellent camera work. I'm like, fucking that guy is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, like, you're wrong. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know if he is a listener or not. I obviously won't use his name on here to badmouth him, but I, it's weird how we're like in the middle of us to badmouthing it. He's looking through Instagram, going, oh, "I should say something nice about this film." <laughs> I don't agree at all. I, maybe honestly, maybe it was well shot, and maybe it, I was just so bored during it that I didn't notice. So maybe that is the one positive it has going for it, and I just didn't pick up on it. I'm not sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue in that favor, though. No. Who's any sleep? <laughs> well, it's upsetting. A, a guy in uh, a guy in Instagram who I've never met and will never meet has a different opinion about, than me on a movie. So I naturally. Oh no! That's nothing is more important in this world than that. Whatever I mean, shall you do? Other people on the internet expressing contrary opinions. Unacceptable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm about halfway through season five of Buffy now. Nice. Oh, yeah, you, went, you went bored anyway. Yeah, I remember at one point I was going to put it on break. Yeah. I, apparently I am not doing that. <laughs> so, Seasons five and six get kind of dark. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm right at... Like literally, as we were like, I paused the episode to record is the one where Riley is allowing vampires to feed off of him as a way of like, yeah. just to like kind of chase a high, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's some pretty sick shit you're doing there. I don't, <laughs> right? It's fucked up. Like it's, well, it's like the way it's shot is like it's obviously like referencing like drug use and stuff. But right, like, right. Like it's dark. It's I, I always hated of, Riley. Yeah. Yeah, Reddy's kind of a doofus. Yeah, he's kind of... I'm not the biggest fan of his. I don't... I like him more as I rewatch the show, I think, than I ever did before. <laughs> but it's just... It always feels like they're trying to... Like, they're trying to make him and Xander be buddies, and it's like, but they're not, though. It just doesn't feel... 
nothing <laughs> really seems to work. And it's like Buffy doesn't really need a love interest with all the other stuff going on in this season, mm-hmm. like the, the whole Dawn storyline and everything. That's still like the balls on these people to just introduce a character <laughs> in <laughs> season five and make us wait like what is it like four episodes before they explain where the hell she came from <laughs> no when i like... was uh when i was watching the series for the first time that threw me for a serious loop when that happened because like i i watched the first episode of season five and i was like wait what i was like did i did i did i miss a disc in season four did I like miss three episodes or something at the end of season four? I went back and checked. I was like, no, I watched all. Of it. So who who is that? Why are they? What? It, it really weird. upset me until like that four episodes later. Try uh, yeah. try watching it during its original run, and then <laughs> yeah. being like, what? And then having to wait a week before they even might say anything about it, and they don't. Well, it's funny because like. The way they do it is like, so like that first episode is like the Dracula episode, which is super fun. Like, I really enjoy that they basically bring Dracula in and play off all the tropes and stuff. And then it's like, okay, that's a fun way to start your new season. And then the end, we get the Dawn reveal. And it's like, okay, so the next season, the next episode is like this whole introduction to the Dawn character where you like, I don't know if you guys remember it, but it's like, she's like journaling. So she's Mm -hmm. talking about her relationship with all these different characters. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, they're not doing this. They're not just trying to make us pretend that this character's always been here, are they? Like, like that's what they seem to be doing here. Right, right. But they, they know we watched the other years, right? And it, the thing is, like, back then, it's like, well, you didn't really have access to the show to watch, to rewatch and to go back and double check. And the internet wasn't even as big as it is today. Like, so you couldn't just look everything up like you certainly couldn't just pull out your phone and start googling shit while you were watching a show <laughs> so you're just like what is going on it's mind-boggling and then yeah. you know when the reveal finally comes and you're like ah oh, you clever bastards <laughs> <laughs> the way the way i was introduced to buffy is that somebody i worked with uh was totally into the show and i was mocking him for it and he was like have you ever watched it i was like well, no and he goes well then shut up I was like, no. <laughs> he goes, tell you what, I he's like, he's like, I have all the seasons on DVD. If I bring season one in, will you watch it? I was like, fine. I don't have to pay for it. That's cool. Um, so he did, and I watched it, and I brought it back to him, and I was like, here's your DVD back. Do you have season two? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what happened with me. And they started airing the commercials, and I'm like, they're doing a TV show off that that kind of dumb movie from when it was out. Even though I did like the movie, but I'm just like, that's that's not that's not a TV show. Like, what is this? I'm gonna watch it to see how stupid it is. And then by the end of the first episode, I'm like, that was actually pretty good. I can't wait till next week. Check it out. <laughs> so, my introduction to Buffy. I don't know if I ever told you this, but it was. Uh... I had like nieces and nephews and they started asking if they could watch it. And so I went to my mom and I'm like, am I allowed to show them this? Like, cause I was like in my last year of high school when it came, when the, the first season started, I'm, like, do I, and my mom's like, I don't know. And it turns out it was like on, like it would be on like a Tuesday night or whatever. And then it would be mm-hmm. re-shown on a Saturday. So I'm like, well, I'll watch it on the Tuesday. And then if I think it's okay for the kids, I'll 
let them watch it on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then so I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, they can watch it, but it's like close, right? It's like kind of so I'm like, I'll have to watch like every Tuesday mm-hmm. to to make sure it's acceptable and hide the episodes if they start getting too violent or whatever from these children. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, so I graduated high school. I went away to university. I'm like, well, I better just keep watching it, even though I'm not living in the same city as those children anymore. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, I remember coming home for like a weekend one time and finding out like, oh, my mom is still watching it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And I I eventually found out that across town, my grandfather was also watching the show and none of us had told each other that we were all watching it. It's like brought all these generations together. It's finally a thing we can all agree on. Nice. So, and then I watched every episode through the entire first run of the show, and kind of bought all ball on DVD, and I'm watching it now for like the tenth time. So, yeah, I bought all the DVD sets. I bought the entire series digitally. <sighs> yeah, I got the. I got the. I think it's called the. It's the fancy DVD collection in a tall box that's red and white. See, um, I was buying them when they were still coming out, so I got them all separately. Yeah. But. Now I, got, now I got some of them signed from going to conventions and stuff, oh, so I can never nice. get rid of them. Nice. So. Yeah, see, I was actually, at one point, I was buying the DVDs as they were coming out so that I could rewatch the previous season before the new season started. So I don't remember mm-hmm. if I did that with season four before season five started, but I would have damn well known there was no Don. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bunch of bullshit. You know, it's still pretty. When are we we doing the uh, Buffy rewatch cast? (laughs) uh, I'll start rewatching it again. Doesn't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) You do it twice a year anyway. That's. I mean, I I watched it. I've watched the DVDs probably three or four times, and Uh then because back then I was also like there. There was a period of my life like where Netflix wasn't didn't exist yet and i didn't have cable so mm-hmm. all i watched was whatever i had on dvd or if i went to blockbuster to rent it so stuff I remember DVD blockbuster. like it was and then uh yeah then when it showed up on netflix i felt obligated to watch it and then it showed up on amazon prime so now i felt obligated to watch it again <laughs> it's also on hulu i don't hulu's not available in canada isn't it that's a bummer yeah. It's, it's really not because I would just be paying for another streaming service and then still watching everything on Tubi, anyways. <laughs> paying for a streaming service that still has commercials in it. Yeah. Yeah, like that's like I even got rid of Shutter because well, there's just, an, there's there's an ad free version of Hulu. Yeah, but it's it's like twelve dollars a month. Fuck yeah. That bullshit. I'll pay for no ads. I any day. I hate ads. Yeah, but I've that's got. That's why I don't use Tubi. <laughs> But I've got I've got Netflix <laughs> and I've got uh, Disney Plus and I've got HBO Max and See, I, don't, I don't have Disney and HBO I'll, so I'll pay for Hulu. No. Yeah, well, I, I have Disney and I just, I've got up for another year now because it just came around and they were like I got the email that said like you know if you don't do anything we're just going to charge you for the whole next year and I was like maybe I should go month to month because I don't know if I need it all the time I can just I can cancel it when there's not a show on it that I want. Ah, fuck it. And so we got another year commitment to Disney Plus. So. <laughs> well, I signed up for that. Uh, like if you bought two years up front, you got a third year for free or something. Oh, it was the mega bundle? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then I found out through my cell phone provider that if I 
upgraded my uh, data plan, which I wanted to do anyway, uh, they would pay for a year. So essentially, I'm set for the first four years. <laughs> See, there's just not that much on Disney yeah. Plus I want to watch. I, mean, I found plenty. I, I, I did it for a month so I could watch Hamilton mostly. Um, and yeah, all the other stuff is just like movies I've seen. I'm, I'm not, I, I mean, I like the Marvel movies, but I'm not into them like Doug is. I don't rewatch them. Um, I saw all 20, whatever of them and I'm good. <laughs> How dare you? We invite you on this podcast and you, I, I just, you know, I, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying I saw them and I'm okay. Well, you're obviously not watching the Mandalorian. So no, no. You're missing over the whole Star Wars thing, too. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe I'm just old and grumpy. You wouldn't no. be if you're watching The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make Star like... Wars good again. <laughs> does it really? Yes, yeah. it does. It it's really a does. that's an awfully big promise. It's <laughs> it's so good, man. Well, maybe I'll rent another month yeah. and check it out. It, and, it, and it literally has a baby version of Yoda in it. That this week, oh, I've seen that fucker all over the place. He used his force powers this week to steal candy from another child. <laughs> no, I don't know how you don't want to watch that. <laughs> uh, I might get uh, rid of Netflix, though, because Netflix has become less interesting than it used to be, and they're about to hike the price again. So I might bail on Netflix. Honestly, Netflix is the one I use the least, but... I have a child. I can't not have Paw Patrol available in my house, so I won't be getting rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use I use Prime, and then I use free streaming services mostly. Cool. Um, did you watch anything else, Doug? I uh, know that is it for me. All right. Uh, well, I watched a ton of stuff, but a lot of this uh, I'll be able to just lightning round right through it. Um, I think I mentioned before that I had a coworker. Who's like, I love horror movies. Oh, by the way, I've never seen Friday Thirteenth, Three, Four, Okay, uh, Five, Six, or Seven. <laughs> I and then I found out, found I, out he hasn't watched Eight, Nine, or Ten, or half of Freddy vs. Jason either. So I have to stop you here, Brian, because you tell all these stories about showing movies to somebody who hasn't seen the movies. Is this all one person? This is one person. What the fuck? Yeah, he's like, and I they love, claim, and they claim to like horror movies. Yeah. Love what? horror movies. I love like, B, B horror movies. Oh, really? Do you like Army of Darkness? I don't know. I've never seen it. What? I don't understand. Oh, like, so yeah. How does he know he likes these movies if he's never seen any of them? I don't know. Don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was asking for clarification because it does not make any sense. No, it does. I'm trying. He's he's 26. I'm trying to trying to educate him. <laughs> trying so, to make him into a man. Do I'm doing my part. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty um, unacceptable what he hasn't seen, so. Yeah. Uh, so I told him to come over because, you know, I get that new fancy Friday 13th box set. Nice. So then we watched. I'm like, well, you're missing all the good ones. <laughs> like, the first two are pretty good, but, I mean, all the fun stuff happens, like, from three on. So we sat down and watched part three and then immediately went into part four. Um, You know, he enjoyed them. Thought they were great. Yeah. Uh, I was like, we're going to skip part five because that one's a piece of garbage. So don't even <laughs> worry about it. 
He's like, well, can you give me a rundown? I'm like, yeah, some dude in a hockey mask kills a bunch of people. Turns out it's not Jason. Don't waste your time. <laughs> uh, so we jumped right to part six. Watch that. He enjoyed it. And then I uh, hit my favorite one, which was uh, part seven. Hmm. Okay. That has the best looking Jason in it. It is the best looking Jason. Yeah. Is that the one where it's the, the hockey mask is kind of working its way into his skull? No, that's part nine. Oh, okay. Part seven is like uh, the girl with uh, telekinetic powers. No, I remember that part. I'm trying to remember what Jason looks yeah. like in that movie. He's, he's got like, he's all fucked up and you can see like his bones through his outfit when it rips. Ro- okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. It all yep. blurs together after a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, John Carl Buechler. He was a uh, big special effects guy and then he directed it. So he made sure that Jason looked amazing for it. And then they immediately fucked all that up in part eight. So, <laughs> um, so we hit all those and I think he's going to come back over so we can watch Jason takes Manhattan for some reason. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> that should be the total title of that movie. Jason takes yeah. Manhattan for some, <laughs> for reason. some reason. Yep. <laughs> and then we'll, uh, go through, Nine and then Jason X, which I think is fantastic. I don't care what anybody says. Jason X is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's super fun. And then uh, Freddy versus Jason. Nice. So that's the one thing I watched that I forgot to tell you guys about is I watched part six because we did have a Friday the Thirteenth and I had to watch one of them. Yeah, so. I watched part two on Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. So we watched all these on Friday the or on Saturday the Fourteenth. Oh, yeah. That's what up. it was. That's when he was coming over, so I couldn't help it. Um, So then last weekend, uh, I decided let's do a documentary day because I haven't watched any documentaries in a while. Um, So I watched uh, The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 and then The Decline of Western Civilization Part 3 because I had bought those a while back and hadn't watched them yet. So... Um, if uh, anybody's seen the first one, it follows around a bunch of punk kids um, and sort of the punk uh, music scene in California. Well, part two, they, they upped it and decided to uh, talk to a bunch of metal bands, nice. which they say metal, but then like I never understood is poison considered metal because I mean, there are different subgenres of metal. They're hair metal. Yeah, sure. they, were, they were metal at the time. All right. Well, they talked to a bunch of metal bands and a bunch of metal people and a bunch of metal people that uh, are in bands that think they're going to be big. That uh, Which never, is all of them. You've never heard of, you've never heard of these people before. So <laughs> that shows how big they got. No, um, I mean, anybody who was in a metal band thought it was going to be huge. Oh yeah. So probably I, about to get huge. You're, you're just giving up on them too early, Brian. So I kind of want her to go back, uh, Penelope, Penelope Spheres, who did all these, to go back and do a uh, What Happened to These People <laughs> documentary <laughs> just to see what happened to all these people that thought they were the huge rock stars that we never heard from again. Um, Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, pre-bandana Brett Michaels in it. It's kind of <laughs> off-putting. Kind of <laughs> off-putting. Um. And then, uh, like I said, we watched part three, which goes back to the uh, punk scene in the 90s. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a little less about the music and more just about like the homeless punk uh, sort of scenario where that all these kids. It is a little depressing <laughs> where all these kids would, you know, be punked out with their mohawk or whatever and get to fight with their parents and basically just get kicked out of the house. They would just go live on the streets. And they talked yeah. to a lot of those kids. Which, uh, Doug. Skip that one. Doug, uh, Penelope Spears also directed that movie, uh, Suburbia. Okay. So I think a lot of that, even though she directed that before this, this documentary, I think just her, her interest in that subject matter is kind of what led a lot of sort of, uh, this documentary specifically, just sort of the gutter punks. Yeah. So. There's that weird trend of parents who just tell their kids, it's like, I'm just not your parent anymore. You have to go away now. And it's mm-hmm. really, I find that unacceptable. Cause I yeah. think it's actually illegal unless they're it 18. Is, but... <laughs> like once they're 18, you can kick them out of the house. But before that, you've kind of got a responsibility. Yeah. But I definitely know people whose parents were just like, get out. It's like, they got out. Well, what else you can do? Mm-hmm. Didn't, occur, didn't occur to, you know, teenagers <laughs> to go like, well, Pardon me, mother, but uh, you actually have a legal and ethical obligation yeah. to <laughs> right. provide you with shelter and clothing for two more years. And I'm sure by me saying this and staying here will not cause any friction between us yeah. and cause my living living here to be a problem. Yeah. No, a lot of these kids are like, yeah, I was 13. Got in a fight with my parents. They told me to get out. So Jesus, what's wrong with people? Yeah. They, you know who their parents were, right? They were, uh, they were what's known Yuppies. as baby boomers. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a weird there's there's that weird generation of people who think that you can just tell people you don't like to go away and then that is considered solving the problem <laughs> oh. like we had a vice principal who used to like seem to enjoy kicking people out of high school and I'd be like but now as an adult I'd look at that and go wasn't it his job to like help them with whatever problems they were having instead of just get rid of them <laughs> that doesn't seem right <laughs> Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so then we continued on. We're like, well, this homeless homeless punk kids is a little depressing. We should probably lighten it up a little bit. Um, so I watched a two-part documentary called uh, Gasland and then Gasland Part 2. Um, yeah, they're HBO documentaries. And uh, this one guy... Finds out this newfangled technology called fracking. Oh, God. They want to come on, you know, <laughs> he's got like 19 acres in uh, Tennessee or Kentucky or wherever he lives. And uh, they want to come in and, you know, they'll give him so much money per acre. And I think it amounts to like over $100,000 to set up mm-hmm. like a, a well or something on his property. Mm-hmm. So he starts, you know, investigating well, let's see how this is done. And other, for some reason, he decides this will make a good documentary. So he starts recording everything. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, let's go. Let's go see how this is done in some other cities where they've started doing this. Uh, and he's discovered that fracking is not bad. very bad. <laughs> um, so for people who don't know, because I wasn't 100% sure, I really had no opinion on fracking before this. No. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just was not educated enough. Like uh-huh. I'm just like, well, I'm not going to take a stance on it because I don't really know enough about the situation. Uh-huh. So I was trying to be a responsible adult, but right. 
But once uh, you know, <laughs> once you know, you're just like, this is the worst thing ever. So essentially what they do is they set up like an oil well on your property and then send like this giant pipe down and then blast it full of water and chemicals to break up, break up shale. rocks and release no. uh, to uh, shale to release uh, natural gas and whatever. And then uh, they assure everybody, uh, this is no way whatsoever. What we're doing will uh, will cause problems with your water supply. Oh, fuckers. Okay. Which is uh, <laughs> a complete lie. Um, so this guy goes and starts talking to people who had problems. And they literally, on camera, in front of him, show him the problems. Which is turning on the faucet and then setting their water on fire. Uh-huh. Because all these chemicals and shit has leaked into their water supply. Mm-hmm. So... It's uh, it's very eye opening and very terrifying. Yeah, fracking uh, is really problematic. Not only do they, well, fracking has turned the U.S. into the world's leading oil export, which is weird. Um, and it's mainly all they want from this is the actual petroleum that they get from the process. But all that gas that you were talking about, the natural gas comes off. They usually don't capture it and do anything with it. They usually just set it on fire, which yeah. is a huge problem for, uh, you know, greenhouse gases. Um, and actually, you know how you see those uh, pictures from space of uh, the Earth at night? Yeah. And all the cities are lit up, um, and you can see where the cities are. Um, there is what looks like, from space, a city in North Dakota but it's not. It's just all the natural gas that's been lit on fire. Yeah. So that's neat. Yeah, it's good times. Um. So, so yeah, this guy just goes around to different places where fracking's been going on and talking to people, and yeah, turns out it's uh, not great. So, <laughs> and then part two takes up when uh, the BP oil spill was going on. Oh. Yeah, nice. And starts going on about stuff like that and more about fracking and yeah, it's good times. <laughs> uh, makes you never want to drink water out of your tap ever again. You're totally fucking bumming me out here, dude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Homeless punks and and environmental disaster. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh. Well, this will this will help. I got two more things left, <laughs> and right. I watched them both today, right before we recorded. All right. Um, finally, got to check out the new mutants, which I've been okay. wanting to see since it was <laughs> since the first trailer played like two and a half years ago. Any good? Um, I've been seeing people complain about it online. I don't get it. I think it's just a fun, uh, fun horror esque uh, superhero movie. Okay. So. I mean, I guess you're going to take from it what you want, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I like expectations low is kind of what I'm hearing from your voice. Yeah. I mean, it could be, I don't know. I, I enjoyed all the characters in the movie and obviously I'm a big comic book nerd. So I did spend a lot of time going, Ooh, Ooh, like pointing at the screen. So that made me happy enough, I guess. So I'd say watch it. Uh, the other thing which I'll say, I guess maybe it was is maybe again gonna end us on a down note. <laughs> <laughs> it 
is I checked out uh, Brandon Cronenberg's new movie, Possessor. That's what I saw you post about, yeah. Yeah. I have also seen that. Um, I really liked it. Really liked it. Uh, For people at home, it's like, um, take sort of the idea of Inception, where you can jump into people's dreams, but now, what if someone could sort of possess someone's body? And they use those bodies to pull off assassinations and all kinds of crazy stuff. Apparently, there's like a whole industry for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And you could definitely tell it's made by a Cronenberg. Yeah, indeed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's some great, great practical gore effects. Yeah, great practical stuff. Uh, crazy body horror stuff. And, uh, yeah, I really liked it. I don't want to go well, too and, far into it cause it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything either, but, it, but it's very thematically solid too. It's got some really interesting, uh, exploration of identity. Yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it, but, uh, I, I won't say it's a happy movie. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not a pick me up, but it's, it's yeah. an excellent movie. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's done super well. Like I'm, I wasn't a big fan of antiviral when it came out. And, uh, so this one, I definitely want to see what he's going to do next. So mm-hmm. definitely recommend for me. I was a huge fan of antiviral. So this one's definitely one I got to check out. Yeah. I have a feeling some, uh, some of the, um, horror crowd, We'll probably have a little bit of an issue with the surreal nature of some of the scenes, um, but I totally dug it. Yeah. Yep. It's also, uh, I guess, a little bit of a slow burn. Yeah. Um, you're just except for the parts that aren't. Yeah. I mean, there's shit that happens. You're just like, whoa! But then, but then there's shit where you just watch this dude get up and start his day. So. Right. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of back and forth, but. Um, high recommend. I was a big fan of it. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Doug, what are we watching next week? Oh, yeah, right. That's my job. Yeah. Uh, what did I pick? Do you remember? Did I tell you what I picked? <laughs> you sure didn't. Oh, I did pick stuff, though. Trust me. You did tell me that we put Soldier on the list twice because we weren't paying attention. Yeah, I'm very upset about it. Um. Oh yeah, next week. This is my, how my ridiculous how ridiculous my segue is. Is see next week. Hopefully Noah will recover from the coronavirus to be back on the show, right? Mm-hmm. And speaking of places that recovered very well from coronavirus, New Zealand was probably the best place in the world for that. <laughs> so that's why we need to do our Peter Jackson episode next week. See, it makes uh-huh, sense. Okay. It was clever. Right. Uh, sure. So. For reasons that don't really make any sense, the Peter Jackson movies we have on the list are Bad Taste and The Frighteners. So there you go. We're going to watch those ones. <laughs> they don't uh, really go together, I don't think, because one's about puppets and one's about Michael J. Fox. Well, no. <laughs> but Bad Taste isn't about puppets, is it? Is it? I don't know. You're thinking of Meet the Feebles. Oh. I'm thinking that Bad Taste is one of those movies I've owned on DVD for like over a decade and haven't watched. <laughs> so, yeah. Hence, it got yeah. put on the list to force me to actually watch it. And I think we just put the Frighteners with it because 
Peter Jackson. Give anything. Yeah. Like but it works out. Training. It works out though because Michael J. Fox just announced he's officially retiring from acting because his health is getting too bad. Oh really? That's Wait, didn't he announce that like twenty years ago? No, he's still been doing like little bit parts and stuff. He just couldn't couldn't uh, take the strain of like being the lead on a TV show or something. Gotcha. So he do like a little bit like parts and um well i guess he even had his own show even after he had parkinson's or whatever but yeah he's basically just like i can't do any acting anymore because it's gotten too bad which is a bummer i just saw him in uh what was it um the good wife and the good fight he uh he had a recurring role on that show no yeah see you knew what i was talking about no yeah. See, we tried to be happy there, and Brian had to go. Yeah, so I had to ruin again. it. <laughs> That's the job tonight. He's, he's insisting it. that we be sad no matter how hard we try. Yeah. So, like, guess what? The new mutants was better than we thought, but you shouldn't be happy about it. Don't be happy about it. Yeah. Michael <laughs> J. Fox is not doing well, y'all. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. disappointing to all those Secret of My Success fans out there. Oh, come on, Back to the Future. They just what? released that on 4K. I have to pick that up. Back to the Future? Yeah. Or Secret of My Success? No, Back to the Future. <laughs> Apparently, from what I've heard, the Back to the Future movies look fantastic on 4K, except for the effects. Some of those don't <laughs> really hold up. <sighs> it's not fair to old movies sometimes when they upgrade the quality of the picture. And you're right. Not- it's not fair. They didn't know that when you were, when they were making the movie. They didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> right? There's... Well, I mean, should we... Like, should it be fair for him to, like, for uh, Zemeckis to go back in and special edition it? Or do we just leave it's it? Not, and... Let's not have people do it. Oh. Okay, it's just, it's... Does that tend to end well? <laughs> Does it tend to make <laughs> no, the audience... Not really. Not really. <laughs> Come on, the walkie-talkies in E.T. looked pretty good. You know, I still haven't seen that version of it, thank God. <laughs> it's just, it's so messed up. Why would you ever do shit like that? <laughs> Spielberg didn't know what he was doing, he even admits it. He's like, that was a bad idea. Uh, you know, Lucas talked him into it over, like, dinner one Probably. Day. <laughs> Come on, it's fun, go mess up your old movies. It's yeah. a good idea. People will still go watch them, and you'll be even richer. You'll be, you'll be richer because people will watch them, and then when people complain about it, it keeps them in the zeitgeist, and it keeps the toys selling. <laughs> it's genius. Then you just sell it all to Disney for $4.5 billion. Uh, but then you're already so rich, you're like, I'm just going to give this $4.5 billion to charity. It's kind of cool that he did that. It, that is really cool, actually. Yeah. And for all the bad mouthing of him, he did you know, $4.5 billion to charity. is probably more than any of us will ever do for anyone. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not my plans. I don't know. I got $5 billion coming up. I'm giving the charity. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many articles do you have to write to get that? I'm just curious. Woo! Have you done oh, that boy. math? Let's see. $15 an article. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the answer is six. I have to write six articles. Yeah. Good lord. 
you should probably get one of your articles to go viral. I hear that's good. <laughs> I, I don't get more money for how many clicks it gets. This is not going to do no, me any can, good at all. You could then negotiate to have your stuff written on other platforms and you could drive your price up to $16, $17 an article. <laughs> Maybe. Dare <laughs> to dream. Help you get to that fucking $5 billion goal you've set for yourself for some reason. <laughs> Not even for myself, for charity. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you heard, Doug, but uh, your buddy uh, Ricky Schroeder helped this uh, guy that shot a bunch of people to get out of jail. What? That uh, that kid in Kenosha that shot some people during some of the riots. Yeah. He posted two million dollars in bond to get out. Oh, Ricky. It's, some Ricky of the Schroeder. money, some of the money was raised by Ricky Schroeder, and he what? he's he posed with a picture. He's been hanging out kid, with Scott Bale, with the kid and the kid's lawyer after he got uh, got out of jail. Very disappointing. Yeah, I heard the kid got out. I was like, that. Yeah. It seems like that's one of those crimes you probably shouldn't just get out for. But yep. So fucking Ricky Schroeder did that shit. What a dick. That's just weird. It was a good performance in that school shooting movie. Though. Yeah, maybe that's why. He's like, yeah, I played a shooter once. Did he really? Yeah. What was that movie called? Oh, you probably should listen to our podcast and then you'd know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I don't retain. Yeah. What was that movie called, Brian? I don't retain either. I don't know because it had like three titles. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what I want. It's like uh, Detention High or something like that. Or I'll it's... look it up on IMDb. It's, yeah, it has like, I remember that it had like four titles and I wrote them all on the list at one point because I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Should make it easy to find. Host- hostage High. That's what it was. Hostage was. High? Oh, man. Yeah. It was a made for TV movie. It had four titles. None of them were good. Hostage High. Uh, oh, I didn't list them here in the old. Uh, it's like one of them is like the Sea Jet, whatever high. Yeah. Sea Jet Jets <laughs> High. If you go find Ricky Schroeder on IMDb, at the top of his filmography is Apt Pupil, in parentheses, abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good idea, Ricky. Probably a good idea. Abandon, abandon the story about being a Nazi. <laughs> Which, uh, I'm trying to think of when that movie would have been made. Like, was he going to play the kid or play the Nazi? Well, uh, it's, it would have been uh, like a current thing. Okay. Yeah, oh, really? Like his, last, his last credit on here is from 2016, and then that doesn't have a year next to it, but it's listed as abandoned. Oh, that's good. Apparently, his last paying gig was Dolly Parton's Christmas of Melly, Many Colors, Circle of Love. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know what happened to Ricky Schroeder. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't have any response to that. Well, it says after people abandoned, he would have played Todd Bowden. So that would have been the kid role. Yeah. So maybe he was. Maybe it was a long time ago then. Yeah, I don't know. That movie came out in like '98, didn't it? There was an apt pupil, yes. 
Yeah, so he wouldn't have been a teenager in 1998, would he have been? No. Yeah. Brad Renfro was the uh, kid yeah. instead. I actually do like that version of the movie. I think it's good. Cause it's not mostly, bad. Mostly in McClellan's performance is what makes it, so. Yeah. Mm. I don't yeah. think it's a the environment currently is a great <laughs> for releasing a, another remake of Bad Pupil. Well, no, because fifty percent of people think it's a think he's the good guy of this thing, right? <laughs> oh. oh, motherfucker! Just, he's just sitting there at the fucking table with the kid, and he's said we're very good people on both sides of the. And you're like, oh god, no, don't no, no. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> oh, welcome to the show, Eric. This is what we do around here, by the way. <laughs> oh. Fucking Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> what a dick. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Goodnight.